Adam Angst at the Diablo Valley Macintosh User Group. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Adam Angst and I did a virtual visit with the Diablo Valley Macintosh user group recently. This is the first part of that conversation, and much to my surprise, we start out by talking about Adam's shopping habits. Let's let Adam do the talking. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the DV Magzumi, and it's uh, Tuesday, November 15th, right? And Today, we have special guests. We have Adam Angst from Tidbits and Chuck Joyner from Mac Voices. They're going to join us, and we're going to have a discussion about whatever they think is the current topic. <laughs> go, so, go ahead. Take so, it away. Well, why Adam, Adam Snow is the current topic for me here, but I don't think they want to hear about that. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Winter kicked in hard in the last, like, three days, you know, we had we had seventy degrees, seventy five degrees last last Sunday on the on the sixth, and then this Sunday, you know, dropped a dropped a thirty and snowed. So, yep, that's it. Right that's New York for you, right there with you. Um, I I feel like we should probably just touch on what might some might perceive as the elephant in the room, and that is some changes at tidbits. Um, and you that's know, what, right. What that means that's for right. you, because because the inside baseball of staffing things at tidbits <laughs> is, I'm sure, what everyone has been dying to know. Look, let's be fair about it. I mean, anything or anybody associated with tidbits is pretty high profile in the Apple community. So I I think it deserves a comment. Well, we have we have been cruising through 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 managing editors. I mean, um, I mean, we've now been around for for 32 years and we Josh Centers, as you may have seen, just stepped down as our 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 third managing editor. So we're averaging 10 years a managing editor now. So, you know, this revolving door has got to stop. <laughs> so, so are you assuming those duties temporarily? Is that the, uh, you're thinking or? Well, I mean, honestly, so to be completely clear, this was, you know, a, an entirely mutual decision. Um, Josh and I, uh, you know, sort of both simultaneously. It's like, we think we might want to do some things a little differently on a phone call. And it turned out that, uh, that, that, that was, uh, it worked out, but basically, um, he'd been doing it for, you know, managing editor for almost, almost 10 years. He'd been you know, writing for tidbits for 10 years. And, um, you know, he's just, he's sort of done all the things that he wanted to do and, you know, felt like he was just kind of spinning his wheels a little bit with a constant, uh, as our friend Jason Snell calls it, the news treadmill. You know, there's just always more things happening that you feel the need to report on, but really, does it matter? And certainly, when Tidbit started, I mean, keep in mind we've been doing this since 1990. Uh, when Tidbit started, it was really important that we covered news items because that was a lot of the way that people found out about the news. I mean, you know, when the, the very earliest issues of Tidbits, the entire point of them was to summarize what was happening in Mac Week and InfoWorld and PC Week, things like that. You know, people who did not receive the, the free news magazines uh, because the only way to receive them was to lie like a 
daemon on their application forms and claim you were responsible for hundreds of Macs, and then they would send it to you for free. Uh, but uh, lots of people didn't do that, so they didn't get the magazine. Uh, but, you know, the times have changed. And, you know, we've already gone from, you know, the fact that we were faster than the paper magazines to being, you know, as a weekly publication, slower than, you know, the the websites, which don't really have a publication concept. They're just constantly posting articles at all times. And more recently, you know, I mean, it's not they haven't covered technology, but I would say more recently, uh, publications like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, you know, when Apple is the, the, the most valuable company in the world, the biggest publications pay attention to their news. So, you know, we're not just competing against the likes of Macworld and MacUser from the old days, you know, who were bigger, sort of more um, substantive publications than we were. We're competing against, you know, the most respected newspapers in the world. And this is not possible. You know, I mean, quite put, put bluntly, you know, there's very little we can write that they can't um, and haven't probably better than we could have. Uh, in terms of sourcing materials, having resources. Um, I don't know if you guys see these. Uh, Joanna Stern, who's the personal technology columnist for the uh, Wall Street Journal, does wonderful videos. They're really well done. But she's got the resources of the Wall Street Journal behind her. You know, even if I wanted to do that kind of stuff, my videos would be never be half as good as hers because I can't bring to bear that level of production quality and resources and you know people and money and all of that. So and that's fine. You know, like I don't I don't need to compete with everybody. So long story short, I think the the reason why um, you know so we're actually not you know I'm not going to have a managing editor for a while is that we're not going to be doing nearly as much news stuff. You know, people are already finding that elsewhere. We're not adding any significant value because we don't know any more than anyone else does. And so we're going to, you know, focus on the things where we can really make a difference, say things that are not being said elsewhere, and uh, and, and and really do some cool things. Um, I just po- posted an article, in fact, you know, an hour or so ago. Um, <clears throat> one of our one reader wrote to us about some problems he'd been having with Ven- and upgrading to Ventura. Um, because he didn't have enough free space on his drive. Um, and that was interesting because it shouldn't let you upgrade if you don't have enough free space on your drive and how much is enough and all these other questions. And so, you know, this one email message, you know, a couple of hours later turned into, I think, a useful little article where I found out what figured out what the number is and how do you determine the number in terms of free space? Because that's not nearly as easy a thing to look up as it used to be. Uh, the finder does not always report the, the proper number and and things like that. So that's a situation where I think, you know, I was able to really uh, provide some information that was not widely available. And I think people will find it useful. I might disagree with you a little bit bec- uh, on on your opinion of your own content, because I feel like you all you all offer a good perspective on the news as opposed to just reporting it. And I think that's that there's a lot of value add there, but that's just the way I read it. And maybe I'm biased. And I think, and I think, I think situations where there is useful opinion um, or where we, where our experience can play in, we'll still write about it. It's, it's more that, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Apple announces, well, I mean, this is, I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do with these, but you know, like a new version of, um, you know, iOS, and iPad OS come out, it's a security update. 
all we know is what's written in the security notes. You know, I, I feel like I'm not adding any value to tell you there's an update, which your, your iPhone or iPad will tell you. And they will tell you, I mean, the, the devices will tell you exactly the same thing that I know. So, you know, it's not, I don't feel like there's much I can say there that's really going to go, go above and beyond. Um, now, on the other hand, if there's an if there's an update and we hear that people are having troubles because they installed it and it's got a little it's got some funkiness going on, that that's something that's useful to tell people because they couldn't find that out any other way. So I think that's that's going to be kind of a lot a little of the guiding factor is you know is there more here than you know is just obvious by going with what you've been told by your device or your app or whatever. Yeah. The, the phrase useful opinion is a really interesting one in the world today. And that's a that's a whole nother discussion that we better not do right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll end up being oh, sued yeah. for slander. Um, <laughs> useful. We, that's not useful. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> I, I never thought, though, that you and I would ever be doing a, sh a show in front of a user group or anywhere else and talking about your shopping habits. But here we are. <laughs> uh, you know, well, and, you know, when I shop every once every three years, you know, I think it's news. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's Adam has gone shopping. Quick. Yeah. Um, and and I, I well, I don't have exactly the same hassles getting to an Apple store that you do. My closest one is about fifty minutes away, and I mean it's it's a it's an easy drive, but it's just not the kind of thing you do just to go. You know, if I need right. if I need to go, I'll go. Um, and so you, but but you have it's been three years since you set foot in an Apple store. Oh, it might have been more than that. I I honestly don't remember. It hasn't happened since the pandemic. Um, wow. And so, you know, I can't remember in 2019, you know, what I might have done. But it, it's possible that I went to an Apple store sometime then. <laughs> okay, so what but happened yeah, when you finally? I mean, part made of it trip? is. I mean, and actually, I, I I think there's one thing to point out here, though, which is that. And I've gotten away with it, right? Like the internet is a useful thing. Um, I don't feel as though like I didn't. It wasn't like I didn't know about any of this stuff. I mean, these were all products that have come out and that I've I've written about. The specs are online. You you know you can read all about what uh, what what they're about um, from the from the manufacturers. There's often good pictures. You know you know what it looks like. Um, but and this is the but, and that's where you're going. Is like, is it always enough? I mean, the internet is great. Online information is great. No questions about it, but it's not always enough. And that's kind of what I discovered. From what standpoint? Was it was the internet not enough? A number of things, a number of products. It's, you know, the, the term that I kind of I settled on was physicality. That you want to know what it feels like. So, you know, I'm sitting here holding a, uh, you know, this is a, this is an iPad, 10 and a half inch iPad Pro with a smart keyboard. You know, it does this little flippy thing. Oof, there's my keyboard. And, you know, it's a case. That's, that's the physicality of this device. Um, and the keyboard was always on this device. It still is because it's actually easier to hold with the keyboard on it. It's not as slippery, um, even though the keyboard doesn't work anymore. Uh, but, but what I was interested in is if I go to the Apple Store and try on an Apple Watch Ultra. You know, how big does that feel on my wrist compared to my Series 5? Um, does it look funny? And what about Tanya's wrist? Her wrist's a lot smaller than mine. And um, and then with the iPad keyboards, you know, the this smart keyboard that I like on this one, well, that's only, only still compatible with the ninth generation iPad that's still for sale, but now a year old. 
you know, the 10th one has its own magic keyboard folio. Then there's a magic keyboard and a smart keyboard folio for the iPad air and the iPad pro models. So, so this is kind of interesting, you know, like, well, if I was going to get a new iPad, which one would I want to get, you know, and a lot of that is the feel of it. And that's something you can't figure out online. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I've, I've have had the same experience with the watch. Um, and I've also, I guess this is a bit older, but I, I also had that experience with the M1 iMac when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I expected, but it just was a lot more, it was a lot sleeker, I guess, than I expected. Yeah. I mean, so, so, uh, yeah, we can start that if you want, but I mean, the M1 iMac, man, I, it came out April of 2021 and looking at the specs. Now, by that time I had an M1 MacBook Air and it was the exact same chip. So like, I'm like, okay, this thing is going to perform brilliantly. You know, the M1 is, is an amazing chip. You know, my M1 MacBook Air here, um, which I have a nice little case on it, uh, vinyl vinyl cover on it. Um, you know, this is a great machine. Absolutely adore it. And so, okay, if the iMac is going to be that kind of performance, that's that's great. But 24 inches, like that's a weird number. Why is it 24 inches? And um, you, can't, you can't see this and I can't show you. I'm working on a 27-inch iMac. Um, and I've used a 27-inch iMac every day since 2014 when it shipped. Um, I also have over here a 27-inch Thunderbolt display. So I have two 27-inch monitors up. And one of them is that Retina. Um, so the Retina display on the 27-inch iMac is absolutely gorgeous. And it has been gorgeous since 2014. I'm just I'll note. So this is not a new thing. So um, during all that time, Apple had the 21 and a half inch iMac. And frankly, it was always kind of lame. I mean, 21 and a half inch iMac was, you know, it, it's, it was really pretty small. Uh, and for quite a while, it didn't even have a retina screen. I can't remember. At some point, they added a, they added a retina screen. And so, like, it was, it was at least a high-quality screen. But so when the 24-inch comes out, my reaction was, oh, that's the new small one. And the small one has never been that good. Um, particularly, I don't know if you guys remember this, for the longest time, Apple kept the 21 and a half inch iMac in the lineup with a hard drive. It, you know, it was like the, I mean, we, we actually, I wrote an article saying, do not buy this machine. Whatever you do, do not buy this machine. You will hate it. You know, that, that putting a hard drive in a machine, and this is well after SSDs were across the rest of the line, I mean, and Apple is doing it to make it as cheap as possible. Like, do not buy this machine. This is a horrible machine. So, you know, so that was kind of my opinion about the smaller iMac. Well, you know, like it might be okay, but it's not as good as the 27. So I go and look at one. And you know what? It was pretty impressive. Um, It's a 24-inch screen. So, yes, it's physically a bit smaller. um, But... It's uh, it's um, it's a what Apple Apple calls it a four and a half K Retina display, and so turns out it's three hundred and twenty pixels uh, smaller in one direction and one hundred and eighty in the other. So that's really not a lot, and that's at its default resolution. And you can use in the Displays panel, um, Displays System Preference pane, you can just bump that up so that it's exactly the same number of pixels as the twenty seven inch iMac. And you know what? It was totally readable at that resolution too. So 
I went from, you know, thinking, oh, the 24-inch iMac, that's probably a good home machine to thinking, oh, I could actually see working on one of these, you know, as a professional. And I, you know, like <clears throat> at this point, the only the only thing that I would say about the 24-inch iMac is, boy, it'd be nice if they would put some faster chips in it, given the fact they've got, you know, the M1 Pro, the M1 Ultra, or the M2. You know, so I think that'll probably happen. I mean, come April this year, you think, I mean, what are the odds we're going to have an M2 iMac? Seems pretty high. So, you know, again, an impressive, impressive machine. It looked really sleek, um, was super fast, and it was not what I was expecting um, based on the based on sort of previous experience. So that was what the utility of going there in person was. That's, you know, that's a good point because I, I, I think I had a similar experience that the the 21 and a half had been or 21 or whatever it was um had always been like yeah that's you know that's for amateurs um you know and i really am not I'm <laughs> nice really, <back. laughs> yeah 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 exactly you know really not quite into it and um but when i looked at the 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 uh the, the m1 mac imac to your point you know it's i'm it's i'm not a candidate for it because i, I want more power in it but for most of the people i know i could easily say hey this is a great machine go for it you know, yeah. and gorgeous yeah. screen Absolutely. and more power than most of you will use unless you're, you know, doing something advanced with photos or video. So. It, and cheap. Know. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the IMAX have always been a deal and a half for the screen you get. I mean, that's a thing. So I, in fact, went from the 24 inch IMAX, walked around the table to look at the 27 inch studio display because that was the big deal, right? Okay, Apple's, they've dropped the 27-inch iMac completely. And sort of the replacement is, you know, Mac Mini or Mac Studio connected to a studio display. Okay, so how good is the studio display? Well, here I was a little disappointed. And it wasn't that it wasn't good. It was. It was exactly as good as my 27-inch iMac. But for $1,600 to $2,000, I bought better than my my iMac. I mean, for just the monitor, you know that it is a you know at a price level, you know, studio display is kind of kind of expensive, and so you know that was that's a little disappointing. And you know, I say I I didn't really have any problem with the actual thing. You know, the the actual monitor. You know, it was twenty seven inches. It looked big. It was beautiful. Um, far as I could tell, the camera was pretty good. Uh, you know, I. I People had trouble with the cameras for a while, and I don't know if that's gone away. I and mean, people, people, I people have stopped talking about it. But Apple's had a couple of firmware updates, and uh, so you know, like I, I don't have anything against it, except that you know, sixteen hundred or two thousand dollar price, and the, the difference is it's two thousand dollars if you want the height adjustable stand. I'm like really, Apple four hundred bucks to be able to move it up and down two inches. Um, so you know, that's. Again, seeing it in person didn't really quite change change my opinion there, but it did confirm that you know there's nothing wrong with this except you know how much do you want to spend on a monitor? I'm not sure what all hardware you actually have there and at hand, but um, twenty seven so, inch IMAX coming out my ears. See, okay. literally, right. um, you know, right, there we go. There's one. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's another one on the opposite side of my desk. <laughs> so <laughs> I really, I really like the 27 inch iMac. I'm telling you. Okay, well then, uh, let's see what else. Mac Studio. 
I mean, did you get to look at the Mac Studio and any particular impressions so there? I, I did. Um, and and I mean, I guess the, the close. I didn't. I didn't even include this in the article. The Mac Mini or the or the uh, Mac Studio. <laughs> the only thing that struck me was um, they, they were a little bigger than I kind of expected um, uh, in height in width. And then the Mac Studio was just sort of double the size of the Mac Mini. So you know, you know, it kind of fell into the category of yeah, whatever. Um, you know, it, it didn't really did. It's not something where I would ever feel. I ever felt like it was going to be, you know, that they they were going to take up a certain amount of space. And I did, you know, what I saw them in person. I'm like, yeah, that's about that amount of space. You know, I mean, I think it's different from the previous Mac Minis. I mean, it's a little bit. I think it's larger and wider, or like wider and shorter. Can't remember. I have to look at the specs that I could do online. Um, but uh, um, part of the thing about going and looking in person was. The Mac Studio in person is just a box. You don't interact with the Mac Studio as a box. You plug things in and it sits in the background. So I wasn't too interested in that. I mean, I had a feeling it was going to perform well, but you know, you're an Apple store. You can't tell how it performs. Um, you know, you, I could barely type on the things because you know, you're standing up at this weird height and you know, everything's, everything's not normal. So you couldn't, couldn't really tell. Um, now the products where where it made a real difference to be able to see and feel them were things like the the Apple Watch and um, on the iPads and iPad uh, keyboards, and I was also um, I was interested in um, I have a, I have a, a wallet case you can see here you know got, it holds holds my hold my cards and things like that, and um, I've been paying attention to that space because I really like not having to carry a separate wallet, and so I was curious about Apple's MagSafe wallet. And which is, you know, pops on, pops on the back via magnets. And so being able to touch that was also interesting. Um, I decided that, that it, it, it probably held on well enough because it's, you know, kind of attaches right here, attaches right here on the phone. Um, the problem was, is it came off and moved easily enough that I was pretty sure that I would have it in my pocket. And just sit, be sitting there, kind of fiddling with it all the time, <laughs> moving it back and forth. I'm like, probably that's not a good look. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, so I, I mean, but it was useful. Like, right. I mean, you know, Apple's MagSafe wallet is $59 and the leather case that it sort of is compatible with is another $59. So no, I'm not going to spend $118 to see if this thing like works for me, you know, especially when this case I, I got from Smartish is only 40 bucks. So, you know, the last, the last one in the lineup I can think of, um, is, is, uh, the HomePod mini. And I know you can't really, you definitely cannot listen to a HomePod Mini in an Apple store because there's just no yeah. point. But, yeah. you know, and I don't know if you had one before. Um, any any thoughts on what that felt like? So, yeah, we just looked at those. So I'm telling you, we do have a HomePod Mini and two HomePods. Um, and I have not, I mean, I'm not enough of a, Tanya uses the HomePod Mini, so she, she pays attention to that more. But uh, um, my sense of it was that it was, you know, it was, not as good as the HomePod, but not problematically in any way, right? You know, you could tell the difference, but if you just heard the HomePod Mini, you didn't, you didn't think, oh, that's a problem. You know, yeah. where it's not like, you know, some cheap tinny Bluetooth speaker where you're like, yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Uh, so, um, yeah. no, the, the, the Apple Watch Ultra um, was, was kind of the main reason why we went, because it's freaking huge, right? I mean, it is a beefy, beefy thing. And Apple has done really well with the Apple Watch so far in making it 
accessible to people of a wide range of sizes. So, you know, even like very first ones, you know, Apple gave you three band pieces so that, you know, you'd have one on one side and then you could choose the short band or the long band for the other side, depending how thick your wrist was. And, you know, that actually made a difference for a lot of people because, you know, if you had a really big wrist, you needed the long band. If you had a really small wrist, the big band was going to be ridiculous. And so um, I was really kind of intrigued by the Apple Watch Ultra, which is, you know, it's a 49 millimeter um, screen, you know, compared to, I think, one of the Series 8s, 45, 44, I never quite remember the last one. It changes a little bit every now and then. And I have, as uh, sorry, there's 40 and 40, I think it's 40 and 44. And I have the 40 here. And, and you know, I mean, it's the right size for my wrist, I think. So I was thinking 49 is going to be really large. And is that a problem? And this was, again, very much like I would really recommend anyone thinking about an Apple Watch Ultra, go try it on. Um, unless you have, you know, unless you're just a big person with really thick wrists, you know, where it's like, I oh, yeah, no problem. Um, but I, I mean, I tried it on and I, I think it would work. You know, the, the, the answer was, yes, this is okay, but it was not obvious that it was okay ahead of time. And then when Tanya tried it on, the answer was, well, that looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you could see, um, you know, like, it, it, it kind of hung out over her wrist and you could put, you know, put your finger in here, um, you know, in the space you could see through it because it was so much larger than her wrist. And, you know, again, that's the kind of thing that you want to make sure, you know, before you buy or Apple's pretty good about returning stuff, you know, for those people, I mean, I, I'm, you probably living in California have Apple stores, you know, all over the place. But uh, one thing that Apple is very good about is that there's a 14 day, no questions asked return policy. And so if you ever buy something and for whatever reason, um, such as it looks stupid on your wrist, um, you don't like it, you can send it back and full refund, no questions. So um, I do encourage people to take advantage of that if you, if you need to. But yeah, so the Apple Watch Ultra, you know, fit me really didn't fit Tanya, and and sort of good good to know that uh, as a, as an option. And then the iPads, the iPads and their keyboards were the big other thing. Um, yeah, I, th I think that I mean, other than the laptops, of course, and the laptops are the yeah. laptops. Yeah. So well, so let's talk about the iPads first um, okay. and the laptops because um, I mean, well, this is frustrating. So. You know, I have the iPad here, um, and I basically never use it. Um, I mean, it, it, I use it to watch Netflix when I'm sick in bed. You know, that's what it's good for. Um, and the problem is, and, you know, maybe I'm unusual in this, but, you know, I have a Mac with, you know, more pixels than I can shake a stick at. I have an iPhone in my pocket at all times. I have, a, I have, we have, you know, two HomePods and the HomePod Mini. So there's sort of one of those always around. Um, and we have an Apple TV. So with a, with a large screen TV. So like the iPad just doesn't fit into any of that. Like it doesn't do anything that I need, um, that one of my other devices doesn't do better. And that's just me. Um, I'm sure other people have, have, have other, other standards. For instance, I actually really like reading books on the iPhone because, um, the line length on the small iPhone screen is actually just about the best for, um, human eyes. Um, and there's a reason why newspapers have thin columns because the human eye actually can only scan so far 
um, and, and and maintain understanding. So the research actually is really supports short line lengths. So so in any event, so yeah. So the question is, okay, there's these you know five iPads out, right? Uh, actually, six iPads, I guess, if you count the iPad Pros two sizes. So you've got the ninth and tenth generation iPads. You've got the iPad Mini, the iPad Air, and then the two iPad Pros. Um, and uh, I was intrigued by, you know, the ninth generation one is like the same as my iPad Air or my iPad Pro 10 and a half inch. I mean, it's, it, it's that exact same feeling, but like smooth back, you know, the, the curved sides, all that kind of stuff. We even works with a smart keyboard. But the 10th generation iPads using the new style um, that Apple's been using for a couple of years now, which is more squared off. I, I call it the iPhone 5, um, iPhone 4, iPhone 5 design, because that's where we used to see it before Apple went curvy on the iPhones again. Um, and the iPhone, the iPad mini actually uses that same squared off design. The iPad mini, I've always thought was kind of a weird, neither fish nor fowl size. But when I saw it in person, and I, I mean, I've, I've seen iPad minis in the past, but like this, the new, the current one, um, I was really taken with it. It's a cute little machine. I mean, like, it's not something that really I need, but I was just like, wow, that is a nice size. And it felt great in the hand. You know, like it was something that you could, you could imagine sitting and holding for a long time when you were reading a book or watching a movie or something like that. So very struck by that. And then the, as I said, the ninth and 10th, good sizes. They felt fine. Um, no real issues there. We we'll get into the keyboards in a minute. iPad Air also same, basically same as the 10th generation. 11 11 inch iPad Pro same as the 10th generation. You know they're all roughly the same size and weight. Then the 12 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I've never actually laid hands on one of those. Um, just never had had an opportunity. And it was really big. I mean those things are ungainly. And so I can see why people might use them with a Magic Keyboard as more of like a pseudo laptop. Because they're just a lot to hold, you know. They, that's one of those things where you know, if you got to angle it around, you actually got to use your wrist a bit. Um, so that was an uh, that was a surprising thing as well. Just getting that that feeling of oh wow, this this is too big, you know. And again, I'm, I'm the size I am, and larger people probably would go, oh, I don't know, it's, you know, Shaquille O'Neal's like the twelve point nine. You know, I can barely I can barely find it, you know. So my hands are so large. Uh, but, uh, but it, it was an unusual realization, uh, again, something that I had not previously anticipated. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall. It's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. So you were going to touch on the iPad uh, keyboards? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the, here's the next thing. So if I'm going to use an iPad, I have to be able to type on it because that's what I do. I'm a writer. And so, you know, I have an Apple Pencil, um, a first-generation Apple Pencil here for my iPad, and I use it about three times a year. Um, 
So I don't really like it every time I use it, all three times a year. But uh, but I just like I, I don't draw stuff. I don't have any other. I, I hate handwriting. I've always hated handwriting. I, I mean, I've I typed I typed my papers in high school on an Apple II clone because that way I would not have to handwrite them. Um, so this is this is always a good thing. Um, but the keyboards are just they're weird. Um, and this was this is coming from. You know, the smart keyboard was kind of the first one that Apple did. And as I showed, it just it has this really nice kind of origami flippy, you know, flippy thing where, it, it, you know, you can turn it into a keyboard. You can turn it back into a case really easily. And it doesn't add much weight, partly because it doesn't cover the back. So almost all of the other keyboards really have a different, a different modality to them. Um, so, so the Magic Keyboard, this is the one for, this is sort of the big one for the iPad Pros and the iPad Air, um, that, you know, it, it, you can, like, fold the iPad into it and carry it around, but it's so thick and bulky at that point, you wouldn't leave your iPad in it as a, you know, like, and then take it to bed to watch Netflix or sit on the couch and, and, and read a book. Because the keyboard's just too big and it doesn't really fold out of the way like this one does, so that you can, you know, you can have your iPad. Um, it's also battery's dead, which is it's getting old. Um, the uh, um, so you can use this so so much more fluidly that it's just it's always available. And so the Magic Keyboard to me really felt like something you would set on a desk and you would pull your iPad off it and then go go and use it like an iPad. And then you come back and put it in the keyboard and use it like a, use it like a laptop. Um, so, you know that's you know that's certainly a, a a way of working with them, but it's definitely not what I need. I have a I have two twenty seven inch monitors if I want to work at a desk. So um, so that one again fell a little flat for me, and it's also not cheap. It's three hundred or three hundred and fifty bucks, which seems expensive to me. Um, the smart keyboard folio is a little bit the same situation. Um, it only has a keyboard, no trackpad, um, and, it, and it kind of folds around the uh, um, folds around the iPads. Kind of the same problem, you know. Like, it, like it works fine. Don't get me wrong; the, the keyboard's keys feel fine. None of that was an issue. It just like I couldn't figure out like, would you always keep your iPad ensconced in this thing, or would you be like taking it out because you're, it makes your iPad twice as thick? and significantly heavier and the same thing really with the magic keyboard folio although there apple did something even stranger in some ways as they separated the keyboard and the back case so you can actually take one off and the other off and i mean that's one where it might work out better to you know be be like oh yeah i'm gonna leave the keyboard on my desk or whatever and i'll leave the back the stand, it's kind of the kickstand on the back, and I'll use that, carry it around, but that only protects the back. And I don't know about you, but I don't need to protect the back so much as I want to protect the front. You know, the front's where I'm worried about it. Uh, so, again, just a slightly odd thing. And, you know, it didn't really, it didn't grab me. It didn't, it, do, it wasn't those, one of those situations where I thought, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, so again, none of these, I'm, I'm not saying they don't work well. I'm just saying they that you had to think about it and how you would use it because the way I use an iPad fairly flexibly and you know just sort of mostly just the iPad itself 
wasn't going to work well with these keyboards. You know, they were going to be two separate things that you would bring together when you needed to type rather than just flipping, you know, boom, 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 and flipping it out. Oops, there we go. You know, and being able to do this. So, you know, I, that was that was, was weird. And you can still get the uh, smart keyboard, um, but only for the ninth generation iPad. So that's the, uh, that's the problem. Now, of course, you don't have to buy one from Apple either. There's the Logitech combo, which is probably what you're going to pull out right there. Chuck, we're not here. Chuck, we're not here. Oh, good. It's not just me. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. That was my that was my fault. I had I had it on the cough switch. No, this I don't, Matt, Adam. I'm not sure if this was magic or what they which one they called this, but this is the, the iPad is in here magnetically, so I can peel it right out if I want, and this folds. Yeah, you know, like that. And I mean, does it add a little bulk? Yeah, a little bit. It adds a little weight. Yeah, it adds a little bit. But I I it's it, I don't find myself if I want to take my iPad and watch it in bed. I won't intentionally peel it out, the iPad out. Um, just it, it's not, it's not that much bulkier, that much weightier for me. But you know, your you. your yeah. mileage may vary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and that was if again. So, it's an interesting question. Like, how much do first impressions matter? Right, because I, I obviously, you know, was in a store. I could touch the assembly. I wasn't going to start. We didn't have all day, you know? So it was like the, you, you picked it up and you're like, oh, wow, that's bulky. Like that was the impression. It wasn't, and, and I can remember some of these were good impressions too. You know, like when I, when I, you know, glanced at the M1 iMac, I'm like, wow, that's great. Um, and so, you know, with all of these things, I'm not saying they don't work or anything like that. I'm saying that you need to figure out whether or not it works the way you want it to work because it didn't feel like it was going to for me. And, and that's again, you know, like, you know, you can, you can just, you can just imagine. And part of it is like, you do see, you know, even, even, even on this call, we clearly got people who are radically different sizes and some of that matters, you know, that, uh, you know, if you, if you were a very small person, um, and Tanya complains about this. So, you know, cause she's, you know, five, two or five, three, somewhere around there. Um, you know, she's like, a lot of these things are just too big for her. She was really fond of the 11 inch MacBook Air because that was the right size, you know, laptop for her. And you know, she can do okay with a 13, but you know, actually, to segue, you know, we, when we looked at the 14 inch and the 16 inch MacBook Pro, um, you know, the 14 kind of seems like a good size again. You know, yeah, it's a little bigger than the MacBook Air and the 13 inch MacBook Pro, but not not ridiculously so and felt really nice in the hands and was nice and nice and light and everything the 16 inch again huge i mean talk about big this thing was just crazy large and um you know it's to the point where like i couldn't quite imagine particularly in an airplane you know sitting it without my, without my lap um because like there's no there's not gonna be room and then again this is nothing new we had we've had 17 inch macbook pros right but I've always been a, a 13 inch um, or smaller kind of guy. And this was just another example of, yeah, there's a reason why I think that, <laughs> um, you know, that for someone my size, that's really not, uh, really not, uh, not, not uh, the, the machine for me. And, you know, again, if you were like, I was talking to a friend of mine who has one, he's like, yeah, I don't ever use it on my lap. I use it on my coffee table. 
um, and I take it to work. So, you know, it's a portable for me. You know, it's not a laptop exactly. So, yeah, your mileage, your mileage is going to vary, but that's why I'm suggesting you should make sure you check these things in person first, if you can, um, before assuming that it'll work because, oh, bigger is better. And uh, you were you were back and forth on on you know the kind of the key point iPad, MacBook lap or Mac Mac laptop, desktop. You know it, it depends on what you're doing and what you want to do with your machine. Yeah, and that there are no right answers here, and yet everybody seems to continue to try to force everybody else <laughs> into their vision of the world, which just drives me crazy. How come you haven't switched to a, an iPad yet? The iPad is the next coming. I'm like, well, maybe it is for you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and listen, I've I've got iPads and they are very they're very useful to me, but I do different things than you do or that some of the folks here do. And I I carry the 16-inch Mac uh laptop because I like that no matter wherever I am, I have that that super large screen. And the extra weight doesn't mean anything to me. So that's me. But I know a lot of people, you know, just like you. Oh my God, this thing is a, it's a, it's a, it's a cafeteria tray. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> a lot of people thing. don't spend as much time lifting weights as you do, Chuck. I mean, well, you yeah, know, there's, there's we, we know yeah. you're a major workout fiend. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't going to take my shirt <laughs> off, but if you if you insist, um, <laughs> we have some questions uh, from the from the chat. Um, thanks for throwing those in, folks. And if you have questions or comments, throw them in. We'll try to get to it. Um, Adam, EVS, what about the rumor that Apple's coming to Target stores? I thought they were kind of already there. Oh. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't paid attention. We actually have a Target in Ithaca, so maybe I could go there and try stuff <laughs> as opposed to having to drive for an hour or two. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, for, for, for people like us and for the purposes of like sort of why I was the story, I'm like, the Apple people came up to try to help me. And I'm like, thank you, but no, I don't need any help. and. And I think that that's one of those situations where to just touch stuff, if Apple does end up working with Target, you know, the way they have with Best Buy, and, you know, obviously there's Apple uh, authorized resellers who are independent, those are just fine too. You know, um, you know, if you just need to like feel a product um, and see how it, see what your impressions of it are, then that's fine. Um, my, I will say my experience, um, keep in mind, keep in mind, I've been doing this for a long time. So I remember when, when you know, CompUSA was the reseller and, you know, Apple was going to have a store within a store and all this kind of stuff. And um, historically, whenever you're buying some, an Apple product from someone other than Apple, um, or an Apple authorized, a true Apple authorized reseller, you know, a, a, a company that specializes in that. Um, the level of help that you get from the people who work in that store is often pretty minimal. Um, they don't know stuff. They don't, you know, they often don't really want to sell you Apple stuff because historically they haven't earned as much. Um, spiffs were smaller, um, the percentages they earned. So, uh, so yeah, so I don't, I don't know anything about the target target rumors. Um, but, uh, you know, in general, I think that it's better, you know, the more places you can buy, buy stuff again, for this very reason, you know, that I would have liked to be able to go try this stuff in person more easily. Yeah, they've they've expanded at least in in the Best Buy here near me. They've expanded the Apple area, and on the busy days, they seem to have it staffed by someone that works for Apple. I'm sure they're an independent contractor, but you know, someone mm -hmm. that does seem to know more. And it 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 always drives me crazy to go in and hear 
uh, a Best Buy employee giving someone inaccurate information <laughs> about you know either either the Macs or the iPads or something. It's like you know that's really not quite accurate. Let you know. Let me let me show you how it really works. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but I need to set you straight. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess we all have that possessiveness about Apple, but it's just like you know. So if if you guys are wrong about this, you know. How much do you know about the refrigerator I'm coming in to buy? You know, that's that's always the comparison I draw. So you really have to yeah. do your own research on it. I mean, and and uh, you know, there are fewer and fewer of them around. But I actually, if there is one near you, folks, I, I strongly encourage you to support independent Apple retailers. That yep. they view. I mean, but at this point, they've been in business for a long time. Um, as, as I, as I once noted that it, it's, it's, they're, they're there to serve the adults, <laughs> um, you know, that they, that not all the employees are, you know, 21, um, and, uh, you know, people are not there trying to, you know, back, it's a little bit less true, obviously last couple of years, but, you know, for a while, Apple stores were like a place to hang out and look cool, you know, pick up people or that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, the, the Apple resellers are, you know, they're usually a little bit less busy. They're less crazy. They're more willing to sit and talk to you and find out what, you know, your issues are and what you're trying to do to solve your problem. And that's not to say that I haven't gotten good service at Apple stores because I usually have. Um, but I, you know, there is a certain level of, you know, having, having this 22 year old, tell me, tell me about stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Go away. It's okay. I know. Um, Adam, so, goes in, uh, yeah. Adam goes in and says, don't you know who I am? No, I don't. <laughs> that would just be obnoxious. Yeah, um, I know. But uh, I know. but yeah, it's like you know, I probably do know more about this than 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 you do, and let's let's not we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, let's but. see. So uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Kenji. I hope I I got that right. Um, why isn't the studio display 32 inches or even larger? Well, they got to make that if you're going to pay $6,000 for a pro display XDR, there's got to be some reason to do it. Uh, that's all I can assume. Um, the it, It's an unusual size even still. So when Apple came out with a 27-inch iMac, it was clearly the industry tried it. You know, there were eight or 10 independent 27-inch monitors that were all that 5K retina display size. And um, and one by one, they all disappeared. So there is only one left, as far as I know, the LG Ultrafine 5K. And what that says to me is that panel is unusual. And so, you know, the actual base hardware behind the screen. And, you know, Apple and LG use it and no one else. And so with the studio display, I'm guessing that Apple is just like, okay, this is the panel size we've got. It's going to be 27 inches. And, um, you know, they, what they're doing with the Pro Display XDR, and I actually can't remember how big that is exactly. It may be 32. It's somewhere in that range. Um, the Pro Display XDR, um, you know, is, again, it's going to be an unusual panel because it's not the normal size. Uh, pretty much um, what we've seen in the industry, and I do look at this periodically because of, like, well, what am I going to replace my iMac with someday? Um, 4K has become, like, the maximum you, you see. You know, so 4K meaning roughly 4,000 pixels wide. And I do mean roughly because it's usually 3860. It's not 4,000. So it's even lamer than 4K. Um, when, you know, whereas the 5K display is more than 5,000 pixels wide, it's 5240 or something like that. So um, it's a, 
it's a situation where the industry really kind of you know, the commoditized those those size panels and that resolution, and they decided that's good enough. And that's, in my mind, a little too bad, um, just because, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I've looked at a 27-inch iMac for the last, you know, eight years, and it's great. And, you know, 4K displays that I've seen have been not as good. Um, and certainly, you know, Kenji notes that he has a 1080p um, uh, device and, you know, I've got the 27-inch the Thunderbolt next to this and it's, you know, it's more than it's more than 1080p, but it's, you know, it's really, really noticeably not as good as the, uh, the Retina display. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that what Apple has basically just settled is and everything will be Retina and, and that's good, but as soon as you want to move outside the Apple world, such as by buying another monitor, then you're in trouble um, because you're not going to find the same level of quality.